Welcome, Welcome to, to the Headspace, Headspace Podcast. Podcast. This, this is, is episode, episode two, two, season two. I'm Harrison. I'm Nick. I'm Samuel. And I'm Declan. So we're going to be addressing a little bit of an issue we have around the table today. It's not an issue. It's going to be great. It's given us a, a pretty cool dynamic with the podcast today. But as you can probably already tell, we're all guys. So there's no ladies here today, unfortunately, but we're going to be taking full advantage of that. So we're going to be addressing this issue from a guy's point of view point of view have a bit of perspective that way and really just take advantage of that situation all right so i mean i guess there is a lot of stigma around guys talking about their mental health to other guys um i know that personally when i've tried to talk to my mates about it i sometimes feel a bit weird or sometimes when people approach me can be a bit weird so i mean you guys have you guys had I mean, do you think the stigma of guys talking to guys about their mental health, is it appropriate? You know, what sort of ways can that be combated? Well, I um, I have to say, I, I do agree with you on some level that it's a, it's a different thing when you're talking to a, a, a male friend that um, about mental health. Like, for me personally, I find that, or I've found that I've always gravitated towards my more f- female friends when it comes to, like, mental health and whatnot. But, like, there are some male friends that I'm more than happy to share, like, stuff with or talk about with. So, Declan, why do you think that you're more inclined to talk more towards girls or be open more towards women than you are to your guy friends? Uh, It's probably to do with, like, how open they seem to be, I guess. Like, I I, I generally find that a lot of female friends are more... um, are more, I guess, empathetic. But in saying that, sometimes they're really not, and male friends are more empathetic in some respects. But, yeah, just generally more... Yeah, women are more so empathetic than men, from my experience. I generally find sometimes guys are a bit more awkward when it comes to, if you bring it up, dealing with it and trying to suggest solutions, from my experience anyway. So, it's, yeah. So you kind of need that social lubricant sometimes, yeah. which is something that's <laughs> frowned upon, I guess, a lot of the time, like the idea of, you know, drinking and talking about problems like this, but kind of personally, and I'm sure we all feel it in the room, like got, you might have a few drinks and you can talk about all of a sudden talking about this stuff to your guy mates. It's hell of a lot easier than it was like, you know. <laughs> Four drinks earlier. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny though because we're all we're all guys we're all sat around this table and we're all talking about it. So it is possible. It is possible, and we can do it. <laughs> and from what I know, we haven't had a drink yet. So um, yeah, I've been working all day. So. <laughs> so Sam or Nick or um, Harrison, what what would you guys um, say your experiences with um, talking to um, female friends? Do you find like do you find that you talk more like gravitate more towards female friends to talk about it or? I I personally definitely do, um, but I kind of before I go on with that, um, I I always found it difficult just to talk in general. Um, from I know we spoke prior to recording and whatnot about like the experiences we've had with the friends who've come to you or you've gone to friends. Um, 
I, I was kind of the one in the group that really didn't have that experience, unfortunately. Um, but when it did come to the gender and who I'd go to, I was always around more females. Um, and they definitely helped out a little bit more. I think it was it came just down to them being able to listen a little bit more than a guy. It would, and not so much just listen as, oh, yeah, that, that, that sounds really bad. But I think more my female friends would always engage me a little bit more and ask me more meaningful questions so I can understand what the problem was. Not just so much they could understand with me talking from it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite, actually. Um, okay. I've never felt uncomfortable talking to my guy friends about it. I'm very lucky that one of my best friends actually works here at Headspace full-time. Well, not full-time, but part-time. Um, so I've always had him as a resource. Um, but even outside of that, I never felt fully comfortable talking to women about some of the issues I've had. I've always been more going to my close guy friends. I don't know. That's just me personally. There's nothing nothing wrong with talking to women, but yeah, I just have always felt more comfortable doing that way. Harrison? It's kind of difficult for me. So I know that I've had those conversations with girls a lot of the time. I mean, a whole bunch of those times they've been female friends and I'll and see, we'll open up and I'll just get to some sort of new level. I was like, wow, it was possible to feel this emotion. Didn't even Didn't even <laughs> know I could be like this but then it, also I've had a few conversations with mates especially like after big nights or something when everyone kind of chills out and even though like I said before about a bit of a social lubricant so in this case it was alcohol and we've ended up having some really important chats that have just cha- pretty much changed my life for the for the better but there's definitely you know like we said just before you know it's definitely possible to have those chats without without, you know, needing the social lubricant. You just need need to try and find, a, I guess, a way to do it. And lately I've started to find that getting comfortable with talking to my guy mates, it's, you know, if I really work on having a good relationship with them all the time, so, you know, just trying to support them, doing whatever they're doing, but doing it in a way that everybody feels comfortable with it. So maybe, you know, you're not too overly forward with you know chat um bringing things up directly so don't just walk up to your mate and be like hey mate how's your head doing like is everything great with your mental health you know because that kind of puts people in a situation sometimes when they get a little bit like oh yeah i'm great and then they might just want to cut the conversation and get away from you yeah especially if you jump on them and like hey how's your mental health <laughs> yeah yeah I think though sometimes just asking if they're okay is is a good um way to kind of if even if they don't act on it they can um they they know that you're interested and like they're maybe almost planting like a seed yeah. in some yeah. ways yeah so how do you go on from that so you 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 plant the seeds in them per se that you're interested and you're really caring and you might have even noticed something how do you then progress and how do you take it to that next level of engaging with them. You've got to wait for them to be willing to open up to you. You don't want to push them into something they're not ready for and not make it worse, but just put them in an uncomfortable situation where they're not going to fully open up and explain the problem they're facing. I think, yeah, having patience is definitely a big thing for it. So whereabouts do you have these conversations? What's the environment setting that you need to have this? Well, normally I... I generally start off conversations through Facebook or text. 
I find that they're pr pretty um pretty easy ways to kind of connect with people. It like even if they're out and about, they it's kind of like its own little universe, like social media or texting, and that can um that can help people kind of ease into talking to you in person and all that kind of stuff. I, I find it's but it's not the be all end all because I find that if you do gain momentum in helping them out. It's always best to, you know, either call them or even better, the best possible way is meet them face-to-face, -face, just one-on-one, -on -one, just uh, where you can talk uninterrupted. I think doing it in a comfortable environment as well is also like their house or at your house, preferably you'd do it somewhere private, not like out at a pub or in a cafe. Yeah. Would, gen would generally be my assumption. Like if I was going to talk to a friend about that sort of stuff, I'd want him to be... Or her to be as comfortable as possible. I guess it depends on how deep the, the problem is. Like, mm. if they've got very serious depression or anxiety, or like there's something that's really weighing heavy on them. That, like, being in a private area is probably good. But if it's just like a casual, like, oh, I've had a shitty week, you know, oh, yeah. then like you're gonna have the conversations in a more public. Yeah, <laughs> and because like, especially if they're introvert, extroverted, they're they'll probably, like, gain a bit more energy through the party and be a bit more open. And if there's, of course, the social lubricant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bit Word of, of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but just seriously, like, I've, no matter where that situation is, I've found that listening and listening actively or and actually paying attention to what somebody says and trying to work with it and, you know, paying attention to everything they pay, say and then being able to actually converse rather than... So if somebody does come to you or you go to somebody and try and discuss something, it's like if you just kind of, like, glance over things and you're just not paying attention, you're not necessarily helping that situation, even though, you know, you're trying to be a good friend and be there for it. Like, it involves a lot more than just, you know, talking. Like, you need to, like, listen properly and then, you know, make sure that what you respond with is the appropriate thing to respond with it's like trying to put almost strategies in place yeah or you know having to talk through and going well you know it's one thing to have a bitching session but it's another thing to to put coping strategies in place and make sure they're positive and they work around the person themselves i'm just gonna stick this out there i wasn't even gonna say it at the start of the um podcast but Honestly, I think one of the best things that happened to me um, was one day one of my mates, I, I had like let loose something and told him about, you know, that I wasn't necessarily coping with some things. And it was, his response was literally just, dude, just come over anytime to my place. We can chill out, do whatever. And out of everything that I've ever been told by any of my guy mates, I was just like, well then that meant so much to me and I just felt so comfortable knowing I could go there like I don't have to like go and divulge all my feelings or something of what's going on but just knowing that I've got that safe space safe place um to hang out and just have a supportive friend that's just you know knows what's going on but is willing to just put up with me for a bit and help me did it catch you by surprise? Or yeah, you... completely. Actually, I was very much the day after that, I'm pretty sure I've thought about it the next day and then I've thought about it occasionally, occasionally since. I'm just like, yeah, it was 
yeah, but it was really nice and like that sort of thing. I think does catch guys by surprise often because you don't necessarily necessarily expect people to well first like he addressed the issue of if I'm not okay, he's there for me, and then also in, you know invited me to just to hang out if I need it. Like sure, like might ask your mates to hang out and stuff all the time, but like you know on that particular issue. I mean, yeah, I've got very similar sort of experience to Harrison with that sort of thing. Um, a couple of years ago, I was struggling following my parents' divorce. I was at a friend's house. He obviously noticed throughout a few recent uh, social interactions that I wasn't ha- wasn't dealing too well. He just pulled me aside one day as I was about to leave and said, look, man, anytime you need a space to just come and hang out, it's here. Anything, anytime you need to talk, I'm here. Um, and I'm, I found that just, it was more comforting. It didn't, I never really used it, but it was just good, as you, as Harrison said, just to have that safe space that you were able to go to. Um, but I've also had interactions around that same time that were completely the opposite. And I was, for example, just one of them. I was at, I was playing sport at the time with with my mate, and we were just sitting on the bench, and he just turned to me and went, "Mate," he said this in as a loving way as I can try and like get it across. But he just said, "Look, mate, I don't want to hear that shit." you're good, you'll be fine, stop talking like that. And that just did absolutely nothing, nothing for me positive. I could tell he was trying to do it in a loving way and just be there, but the way he approached it and the way that he, I don't know how to describe it. So it was a bit of a, he tried to sweep it under the rug, but not necessarily, like, not trying to, you know, violently do it, like it doesn't exist, but he's just trying to encourage you to still be, he's trying to encourage you to feel great about yourself, but it's just, he's trying to force it. It's just like, (laughs) no, go this way. It's just like, it's like, you can't like pull a door that you're meant to push. Just like, you got to do it, open the door a certain way, like... As if, like, that, right there on the bench, you're going to go, yeah, you know what? I'm just kind of going to life around. Yeah. It kind of has that boys don't cry mentality. That's very much what I thought. It was very much that masculine sort of, you'll be fine, tough it out. masculinity. Masculinity, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I guess that's another topic of of, um, talk these days is toxic masculinity, Um, which I guess we've probably all seen some level of oh like just the level of aggression i think guys are almost expected to show pretty much because okay this might sound a little bit weird but the level of aggression guys are almost expected to show it's like that aggression is like if you decide to be nice to your mates and like you know show that you're open or show that something's wrong it's just like that you know aggression levels like just brings you might bring you down a scale and you'll be seen as being soft or something whereas normally like like i said like the aggression or whatever for some reason a lot of people feel as though them being like that puts them you know above other people like they're stronger and more important and they're going to get to the places that these other people won't go but that's just it's not necessarily true because it's just creating more of a venomous poisonous situation Said, I think I think I can go on from there. Um, I'm I'm not the the blokiest of blokes. That's another term that kind of gets thrown around a little bit, and I think it kind of goes back a little bit to what we were talking about before when we were talking about like why we open up to particular genders, whether it be the male or female, and in what environments. And I think for me that it's always kind of been that that 
that toxic masculinity um, stereotype has stopped me from opening up to guys, I think, because it's kind of like my image of another guy's, oh, well, they're, they're really tough and they're really blokey and they, they won't want to listen to me and they'll think that I'm weak and um, I'd rather go talk to someone who's a little bit more empathetic and, yeah. you know, stereotypically that has been the females who've been more open to me talking. I have to totally agree with that. Yeah, and I kind of feel like one of the reasons why I um, probably kind of totally disregard anything that's, you know, hyper-masculine is because um, of that stigma. Like, I kind of feel like it's... Um, I'm not sure about you, but I kind of feel like it's easier to kind of go more into that feminine side of masculinity and still be able to be open about that kind of stuff rather than... No, it's definitely... Yeah. I, can, yeah. I, can, I can understand exactly. And I think for me... Uh, being open and being accepting that, you know, I'm not hyper-masculine, it's probably working in my favour, whereas I once yeah. saw it as a negative. I'm now seeing it as a really positive that, no, no I can I can actually talk to a bloke and I can talk to, you know, a girl or a woman about some of these issues. It's, it's, it's opening my mind a little bit more. Okay, so when it comes to talking to girls about mental health, like, I know, I know we've chatted about this a fair bit already, but... This might sound a little bit invasive of what other people have told some girls, but I, like, I've spoken to plenty of people, being, like girls rather, and they've all got stories about how other guys have told them about problems, and you wouldn't really hear of like a guy of a guy just having all these guys come to them, being like, "Oh, this is how I feel. This is everything that's going wrong." Like I've spoken to plenty of girls, and they'll be like. Yeah, this guy told me this, he's like this, he's like this, like I'm actually worried about him. And it's a pretty concerning thing, like, because you, you just don't expect it, like, at, at all, like you, and so, and it's, it, I find it really annoying that a lot of, the, like, that stigma even exists, that, you know, a guy feels like they have to go completely divulge everything to a girl who, you know, may be dealing with their own issues and stuff, like, if they're, willing to talk about it that's fine but if a guy does have his guy mates that he should be able to rely on but doesn't feel like he can then there's there's potentially something wrong there that we need to just work on but there's no like just so we're clear there's not a stigma for you to actually be your mate's counsellor like because we get it like that's that's incredibly hard to do and that's where somebody, if somebody needs that sort of help, they do need to go and seek professional help because most of us aren't qualified counsellors. And if you can get, if you can encourage your mate, like, you know, if they're a bit apprehensive about it, but you can somehow encourage them and find an appropriate way to do it, that's the way to go about it. Don't try and tell them how to do things. Just be there for them. Just support them. Yeah. It's, it's really important to, to not push it's kind of to guide in some way, and I think that's what you were saying there, Harris. Um, don't push them through the door and try and get them into headspace or to see a GP. It's kind of just encourage them and what they want to do and just be the positive guide. You more want to be there for support rather than answers sometimes. That's just easy. Like That's more the, what they're there looking for. Most definitely. Yeah, I've, I've had some past <coughs> experience with um, some ex-girlfriends before a with that I guess whereas um I've tried in the past like it's a bit sometimes it can be a bit frustrating if 
if they're talking to you and then then they don't act on it i i found myself a lot more time a lot of time getting more and more like oh but you should do this and you should do that and it's kind of become less of like a listening thing uh, i read it it kind of um comes back in my mind it's flashing up is uh it's always we're always the best counselor to someone else but when it comes down to yourself you, you don't have a clue what's going on your finances are all over the place it's you, yeah, your schedule's messed up but do as i say not as i do yeah it's <laughs> yeah. that exact situation um we're just too emotionally invested in ourselves and too caught up in our own experiences to be able to just be like i should do this but if somebody else comes to you it's like Nah, just do that. It's like easy, simple decision. But I'm sure if like that person tries to take your advice, it would suddenly become so complex for them because just because we've told them to do something doesn't make it the right thing. And there's still so much to think about. It just feels easier because we're not we don't have to act on that ourselves. It's just like you know, if Sam, if you're trying to decide what to eat right now, and I was like, nah, just go eat the sausage roll. It's like you'd still have that <laughs> dilemma of being like, well, do I want the pie or the sausage roll? It's just like, how do I decide? It's like just because I tell you something, it's, you know, might kind of make it. It's easy for me because I'm not the one doing it. It's definitely the sausage roll. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been rambling a little bit. It's been good rambling. Obviously, quite a lot of good discussion i feel so sorry for the editor of this i apologize now you but right, Declan. <laughs> yeah cry Declan. right now <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of the time where let's pull things together and let's just have a chat about what we talked about more specifically and just get into it really so um what, what's it all called <laughs> Like the, the, the five... Oh, the five steps. Oh, okay, the five steps. What not... To, no, no, not to do. The five steps when your friends are not okay. The first step is to talk to them and... It's simple. You can't have a conversation without starting yeah. the conversation. <laughs> yeah. And if you are going to have the conversation, listen actively, actually pay, genuinely pay attention, take an interest and... Respond. Think about how you respond, and make sure that you know you don't just walk away from it and forget everything they've said. Like, because they, you know, they've told you this stuff in confidence, and probably because they want you have want you to have paid attention to them. I'm one of the worst for that in a conversation, and I'm trying to improve myself. But like coming Same. up with the answer the second they start talking, and when I do that, I know for a fact that. I really don't take much on board with what you're saying and especially in this situation where a friend isn't okay, you really do just need to turn off your inner thinking process for a second and just go, oh, okay, they're talking, enough of me, and then you can respond. So active listening is the second step, which we've kind of just briefly touched on. Um, encouraging positive uh, positive feedback, positive... Um, positive encouraging positive strategies, yeah. It would what it would be. All right. Before we skip over it, though, uh, strategies. So what sort of things were we talking about that we can do for those strategies? I mean, there's self-help strategies you can recommend to them. That's just sort of it's healthy living. Get get a lot of sleep. Get exercise. Eat right. Just really just look after your body and your mind. and Knuckle down on the basics. <laughs> and then the next step of that would... Not the next step of the five-step program, but the to encourage the positive strategies, once you've got those basics down pat, it's probably to then move on and be specific with your friend and understanding what they like to do and what encourages them to be do better or be happier. 
whether that's going outside a little bit more or, or playing sport and especially because we're talking about you know guys and males you know put a stereotype on there but you know a lot of us do like sport and that's probably one of the best engaging strategies you can have this is a little bit of a strange way to deal with you know trying to be positive all the time but something I've found that really helps me is trying to learn something small and new because it gives you a sense of accomplishment when you do it and honestly I love that you know when I can't do something then I work through this small thing and you know then all of a sudden I can do it I'm not saying to try and you know take on some huge task that's just like impossible but if you can you know identify something small that's definitely achievable let's say you know you can achieve it within a day you can learn it or however whatever time frame you want when you do it it's just it's such a relief and it's I, I it's just one of my own personal ways of trying to stay positive and keeping a, a healthy mind so something like kind of like a craft or a hobby is that what you suggest yeah or? oh like so a bunch of things with me have been um so playing guitar I might just try and learn a particular song or just like a part of a song or um actually another one is like going to the gym if I've got a particular I guess weight or something I want this one's a bit of a more a long-term one but if there's something I want to achieve in the gym like for example on the bench press or whatever it is if I'm work towards getting that goal or if that's more like like I said long-term but yeah like, I, there's such, just such a sense, sense of accomplishment and it just makes me feel happy. Just on that one, I've actually finished a, a book recently. I um, can't remember the author's name, but it's what I talk about when I talk about running, I think it's the title of it. And it's, it's changed my thinking and it's on the topic of running and about setting those small little goals to get you to the very end big goal. So if you want to run those 10 kilometres, just start off with doing a 15 minute, 15 minute run around the block. Um, so that strategy definitely helps me and it's, it's coming into fruition recently for me and that definitely works. I sort of like to more to bury myself in something, whether it's work, whether it was uni when I was there, um, whether it's a hobby, just something I can sort of put all my energy into for the space of a couple of days and just will absolutely just tie me out and it's by the end of it, I just want to fall into bed. I just find that really beneficial. Yeah. Beneficial for me. So just quickly, guys, I reckon it'd be pretty cool if... Do we all have, like, a bit of a goal that we want to get back to each other by the time we're recording next? <laughs> oh, wow. Because... That's a big commitment. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll make a promise. So I've recently decided that I want to start being a bit... So I'm really adventurous by nature. Um, and I'm going to Japan in January. But something I want to do before then is start doing as many hikes and trails as I can. So before the next podcast, I'm going to say I will do four by then. So I've got to do, well, at least one a week or something before we record next, I think. That'll be the case, yep. Okay, so there's me. I'm going to do four Ooh. hikes before then. Uh, I just signed up for the gym last week, so... My goal would be to actually <laughs> consistently go. be going by the time we come back. Like you got harder work than I do. <laughs> I haven't gone yet, so. <laughs> I guess a, a goal for me is to um, get most of this um, this podcast. <laughs> Good luck. You've got the hardest one so far. <sighs> I wish I wish I had something really creative and something different, but mine's gonna come down to to gym related. And again, it's coming down to running because I've been putting it off for so long. But 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to five k's comfortably. Yeah, nice. By time of, uh, I can't run five k's. I'd be imp- that's impressive. I can't run more than hundred meters <laughs> <laughs> without like sweating, coughing up blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like we've all got our things to do. Um, I regret that. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be great. you got a couple of weeks, mate. got a couple of weeks. Start training. <laughs> so the next one is extra support. So this one it talks more about um, giving them somewhere to go if they need a little bit more help, like more than just you, whether that be friends, family, or like headspace or other... Mental health services, yeah. Yeah, yeah or other mental health services if, if they need. I mean, to plug headspace for a second, if I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> Um, no, you're not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not here, not here. So you should sponsored by Headspace. Headspace is a youth-focused service. Uh, why why <laughs> are you saying you're on Headspace there? So the Adelaide Centre in particular, it is super nice to come into. It's not co- confronting or anything like that. You walk in, there's colours, there's couches. You can ch- sit down and charge your phone if you need. There's snacks, drinks, you know. Coming in here is actually quite a nice experience compared to let's say it's not like going to your gp or you like so your doctor it's It's nothing like that like yeah you you go to your gp there's people around you're coughing up mark and it's just like yuck don't really want to be in here you know the walls are bland and it's not fun you come in here it's you can be comfortable and the people in here are also lovely as well and there's dogs sometimes so i mean who doesn't love dogs yeah i love that She was licking my face today. It was so cute. How was it today? Oh, yeah. It was so exercised today. It's, oh, she, was, she came in bounding, running in just constantly throughout the whole day. Sometimes she gets a bit quiet, but no, today oh, she was on my, point. I'm coming in on my next lunch break because I like don't work far from here. I'm coming in next time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I need we this. We will see you there. Every Wednesday, three fifteen onwards. There we go. We know where I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just a couple. Oh, sorry. Oh. I was just going to read that. No. But. So they were a couple of extra support options for you, um, for your friend or for yourself. But then with that, we segue onto the fifth and final step of when your friend's not okay. And that's another important person. And that other important person is yourself. I remember when I came to Headspace with my own depression and anxiety, um, one of the things my psychologist told me was, if you're on a plane... And when they're giving you the safety demonstration, one of the things they always say to you is, if the oxygen mask comes down, put it on yourself first before you help others. And it got me thinking, and that really comes down to the fact, well, if you're not okay yourself, what good are you to someone else? And how can you help them if you're not in a good space? Sometimes another thing that I've also noticed as well is that sometimes it's very hard to help someone or you can't really help them unless they help themselves first and sometimes a relationship can become a bit toxic and you get trapped into a cycle and uh a lot of the time like um sometimes you need to you need you need to think about yourself and break out from that relationship temporarily um if if nothing is getting better i know i know it's um I know it's probably a bit of a um, a downer, considering like <laughs> we're there. We're, this whole conversation is about trying to be there for friends, but sometimes things just don't work out, and maybe having a distance away from them is what's best. Yeah. Well, if we're gonna get into wrap, wrapping everything up then. Yeah. 
I've been Harrison. This has been Declan. How's it going? This has been Nick. <laughs> oh, I'm not Nick. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Wait, so... I'm not Nick. I've been Nick. And I've been Samuel. And this has been the Adelaide Radio Sessions podcast. This was the guys discussing what to do when your friends are not okay. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, <fuck>. yes. <laughs>